Yeah. Solitude. It's not a particularly solitary experience this morning, is it? Although somebody once did describe his church as, church as the place where everybody comes to be alone together. Pretty sad description, isn't it? But um, probably true in some instances. Um, but yeah, we're, we're entering into a series, uh, another look, another lens to look at Luke's gospel um, today, starting uh, a series on prayer. And we've decided to commence with this look into Jesus' experience of solitude um, or sacred solitude. So uh, the, the, you, you perhaps will have noted in the passage that was read this morning, I might get rid of this counter because this should be working. Yeah. Um, oh, sad. Very sad. There we go. Oh. Oh. Is it working? <laughs> Mic drop. Not the way it should be done. Okay. Obviously, I'm not practicing the art of the mic drop. Um, yeah, so there's this sense, um, when we look at that passage that we were reading, there's that little verse at the end where Jesus has, um, has healed this leper, and there's all this pressure of people gathering around. And um, it says, the, the crowds came to hear him, and also to be healed of their sicknesses, but Jesus often went away by himself to pray. And it's just this kind of little sentence that captures something about the nature and the rhythms of Jesus' life that uh, point towards uh, the source of his, uh, his capacity and his energy for serving and living the way he did. And so we just kind of want to drop into that a little bit this morning and explore it. And we will create an opportunity with Barstool afterwards for people to come and uh, offer comment or maybe share a little bit of your experience. Hi, Deb, by the way. <laughs> Lovely to have you back. Um, I was speaking to Justin. He said, you may not come, you know, because life might be so busy. But here you are. Um, so that's great. Um, yeah, so there's this... Um, this rhythm here for Jesus, a story is told of a carpenter and an apprentice who were walking through a large forest, and when they came across this, this huge, gnarled, um, and beautiful oak tree, the carpenter asked his apprentice, um, do you know why this tree is so huge and so gnarled, so old, and so beautiful? And the apprentice looked at, looked at him and said, well, no, I don't. Um, and the carpenter replied, because it's useless. It had, if it had been useful, it would have been cut down a long, long time ago and made into tables and chairs or something else. But because it's useless, it's been able to grow in this place and become beautiful. And you can sit in its shade and now relax. Henri Nguyen, commenting on this, um, this story, reflects on this utilitarian culture that we live in, where we have the cultural voices and the internalized voices telling us that if we're not making good use of our time, um, we are useless, or what we are doing is useless. If we're not consuming 
producing, performing, influencing, developing, contributing, having great experiences, ticking off our bucket lists, we're useless. And elements of the Christian culture that we live in tell us that if we aren't having special experiences or seeing miracles happen or blessings arise um, or growth occur as a result of our experiences of prayer, um, we are useless and our prayers are useless. So there's this kind of utilitarian view of who we are as human beings and who we are as spiritual beings, that dimension of us also, that affect us. Nuon goes on to say, if we think about prayer in terms of its usefulness to us, what prayer will do for us, what spiritual benefits we will gain, what insights we get, what divine presence we may feel, God cannot easily speak with us. But if we can detach ourselves from the idea of the usefulness of prayer and the results of prayer, we can become free to waste precious time with God. And gradually we find our useless time will transform us and everything around us becomes different. I don't know anybody yet who I have... I haven't met anybody who's arrived in that kind of place that he's describing at the end of that. But there's this invitation to see prayer in a different way. And Jesus clearly integrated this practice of sacred solitude into the rhythms of his life. At a stage in my life journey, when I was in my late teens, I picked up a book from a... I was living in a house in Perth in Western Australia. Most of the people I lived in the flat with, there were three others in the flat, they were all big dope smokers growing marijuana out the back of the flat. And um, it was an interesting world to inhabit. We had the police come to the property a couple of times and people taken away. But uh, this was a period in my life where I was, among other things, really wondering about whether or not it was possible to have a connectedness with God as I understood God at the time. And that I was aware wasn't present. And I wandered into very self-consciously into a Christian bookshop in downtown Perth and browsed the shelves and came across a little book called Postinia. And I don't remember all the... Anybody read that book, by the way? Anyway, one of the things that struck me about this book was this habit that, um, that Russian Orthodox people had of retreating into wild spaces for long periods of time and fasting and reading scriptures in an attempt to... to enhance their relationship with God. And so I had this crazy idea after reading this book, I'll travel up into the Kimberley region of Western Australia where there's lots and lots of empty space and I'll take my tent and maybe a community nearby and I'll take, a, take the, the Christian scriptures with me and see if I can find a way of figuring out this vexed question of how to get a greater degree of connectedness with the God I believe exists but feel a long, very distant from. Um, so that, that was the beginning of a little journey, which some other time I'll tell you about, up into the wilds of Western Australia and some things that happened along the way. But there was a hunger in my heart that something inside me told solitude might help me to find. But a sacred solitude, a solitude which would be dedicated to the purpose of finding some way 
of connecting with the Creator. And this here is what I'm seeing in this text of Jesus. Jesus is aware that amongst the press and the demands and the pressure and the insistency of the work that he is doing, he has to find time or he will destabilize and decentralize and lose the connectedness that creates the capacity to give in the way that he does. So the essence of this sacred solitude is spending time alone connecting with God. And, um, you know, we have a lot of phrases in our contemporary culture, don't we? We talk about finding me time or just getting time alone. Um, we, we, we talk about taking a break. Uh, we talk about recreation. Um, and we use all kinds of other phrases. And valuable as many of these things are and important as they are, there's something about what's described here that is different. It's not simply any or all of those things. It's this deliberate withdrawal for the purpose of connecting, finding a way of connecting with the divine, with God, as we have come to understand God. So in my experience, um, you know, me time, self-care, taking a break from people who are doing stuff on my own is not the same as sacred space, valuable and as important as those things are. There's something different about creating a sacred space. Whether you're creating it within your home because the weather's so lousy and if you go out, you'll only be distracted by your freezing, shivering body. <laughs> um, or the sun's so hot that you can't find shade. Or some other reason, you know, you can create sacred space within your home. And Jesus talked about that, didn't he? He said, when you pray, you know, don't put on a display. Go into your room and pray to your father in secret who will reward you. The sense of cultivating a space. But there seems to be a twofold movement that present different kinds of challenges suggested in this phrase that Jesus went. Uh, Jesus often went away to be by himself and pray. And that twofold movement is both an abstinence and an engagement, withdrawing from the pull and the allure of those human relationships and the insistency and the immediacy of those. And moving into a space of engagement with God, finding a way of doing that. And both present their challenges, don't they? Um, uh, being busy is a badge that we wear. You know, it's you know, like, no, often when, when people say, how are you? Often an initial response is, oh, life's real busy. And some of that busyness is just by virtue of this crazy world that we live in. And a lot of it is often self-imposed, let's be honest here. Um, you know, the more busy we are, the more important we are. And there can be this kind of sense that there are all these drivers happening within us, these compulsions that were uh, referred to, that push us into a world of busyness and push out the space that we need um, for, sacred, um, for sacred solitude. Just uh, two weeks ago, I went to spiritual direction, and the last month prior to that, I just found myself becoming, um, living in, what's sometimes called living in the red zone or living with a needle in the red. You know, I was rushing and I'd pushed out the space that I'd, I would often preserve for sacred solitude. And so I was feeling all of that. I was feeling disconnected from Jill. I was feeling like I had neglected getting in touch with my mokupuna. I was neglecting my study. 
I was running a bit thin with some other tasks. I was just kind of in that rush mode, you know, rush mode. And I walked into spiritual direction. At the top of the stairs, uh, my spiritual director has a painting of um, Rembrandt. Sorry, he doesn't have the painting. I lie. He has a print of the prodigal son. Um, And as I glanced at it, I thought, there I go. I'm that older brother. And... um, you know, the thought that occurred to me, excuse, this, this is my brain, so excuse what it's here. You've been running around doing shit for dad, Sean. You know, thinking that I've been doing stuff for God, important things. But I was standing off in the shadow, disconnected, in a sense, from God. And I walked in the spiritual direction. And um, as per usual, there are some common questions that come in spiritual direction. And one of them was, you know, what is it that you're really desiring? And, um, and I sat and I felt the weight of that question and I said, it's connection and closeness. And I felt tearful. I felt, I've missed it. I've missed that. I've missed in some way, however tenuous that might feel and fragile and thin at times, moving into that space where I can seek to cultivate and affirm the threads of connection that I have to my creator God, the one whom Jesus encouraged us to call Father, not because he's some patriarchal figure, God forbid, but because that was an expression of intimacy and of closeness and connectedness. And Jesus is saying here, you know, this this cultivation of sacred solitude um, is really important to our humanity, our basic humanity, yet alone our spirituality. (laughs) Um, All the research, of course, tells us that, and I'll come to some of that later, but Jesus has this habituated practice, uh, spiritual practice in his life, of cultivating sacred solitude. So there's that little word often there, isn't it? And when you go through the Gospels, you find that um, it's descriptive of a pattern in Jesus' life. He lets us, Luke lets us know that this getting away for prayer was a commonplace event in Jesus' life. Um, he cultivated it. He describes it um, as, as an often happening event. So Jesus doesn't occasionally get away or when he isn't busy or when he can find the time or when the to-do list is complete. Somehow he has found this pattern of weaving into his life this responding to that deep, deep desire for connectedness and closeness and making that space for it. There are multiple verses within that gospel that talk about it. Um, Luke 4.42, at daybreak, Jesus left and went to a de- deserted place and the crowds went looking for him. <laughs> you, know, you can see, I'm just I'm getting aside. And it's not, I've just got to have a break from all these people. This is a sacred solitude. Yes, that does involve a break, but it's purposeful. It says in 6.12, In those days Jesus departed to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. You ever wonder what Jesus did praying all night if it was up on a cold mountainside? I don't visualize him kind of sitting in the one place, to be fair, with a nice kind of a um, goose-down jacket on, keeping him warm. Um, you know, I think he was probably moving around the mountain a little just to stay warm. But hey, maybe not. But there he was in solitude, praying and thinking and reflecting and preparing for a really important decision. 
Um, a number of other passages just talk about this, this solitude that Jesus enters into. And, it, it, and there's this beautiful picture of him either up on mountains or in gardens or in the wilderness, finding wild, isolated spaces that he, can, he feels that he's able to connect with God and the creation surrounding him facilitates that in many ways. Um, we did this little exercise. I don't know how many of the men did it, actually, but um, I invited on retreat last weekend men to consider spending time um, finding a tree and just meditating on the tree. I found a tree perched on a little mole, um, and the root system was all exposed down the clay bank, and it was just like it was clinging on to this... Well, it wasn't clay, because they probably got clay soils there, but it looked clayish, these lumps of soils. Um, and, um, but it was still standing tall as it clung there. And I just spent about 20 minutes just with the tree and, um, you know, touched it, broke off some leaves and smelt it and just engaged all of my senses in the experience of connecting with the tree and then stood back and looked at it from a distance and then stepped up close. And there, there are a number of thoughts that come to me, but there was an invitation that this tree seemed to give me. And that was the invitation as I thought of those roots going down into the soil and how as they grow down into the soil, they are growing down into places that are as yet unknown. And to me it was like an invitation to reach down into the unknown places of relationship with others places I haven't been before in order to draw new nourishment up into my own life. And it was just a simple invitation. It led me to think about some of the relationships that are important to me and how can I grow down deeper into those relationships? What might help me to, to go into those places that are unknown yet, but there are nutrients and possibility of nourishment awaiting me there. So just a tree in that space was able to provide, to be a simple messenger of something important in my life. Henri Nguyen says that in the spiritual life, the word discipline is, um, means the effort to create some space in which God can act. It means to prevent everything in your life getting filled up and um, creating a space in which something can happen that you hadn't planned or counted on. You know, so creating the space allows for the experience. Some pretty excited um, South African rugby fans this morning, possibly. Maybe they were English. Maybe the words are already out and I'm faking it here and everybody knows. Um, but um, we know the result of last weekend. We think it's, it's, it's something which is present to us. Well, one of the things we know about sport is that the, the drills and the training that needs to take place before they go onto that field of performance bed in the habits that are necessary to be successful in the game. And there's a sense with the practice of sacred solitude. It's, it's a practice, it's a habit that is able to equip us for our agency in the world beyond. And when it's not present, then often what happens is the capacity that we need to walk into those difficult stresses and situations is not available to us. A little bit like what I was feeling the other week. You know, I was in the red <laughs> and the needle needed to come back and I needed to find space.
I'd like just to create some space now for us to think some more about this and with the barstool, because this is a community that's rich in this kind of experience. You know, I've got a wafer-thin experience in this. <laughs> Many of you have deep, deep um, experiences and insights, and also profound questions, because entering into sacred solitude is a challenge as well as a reward. It is difficult to create the space and to do it well and to find meaning and ongoing sense in it. So here comes the chair. Um, let's just have some opportunity for those of you who'd like to, to maybe raise a question or share an experience or offer some kind of reflection about the challenges and the rewards of sacred solitude and how you observed it maybe impacting your own life or the life of others or a question maybe that you have for us all. Let's take some time just to do that. <laughs>